0: welcome to the heart soul wisdom podcast a journey of self-discovery and transformation moira sutton and her amazing guests share real life stories tools and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears obstacles and challenges that have held you back in the past So you can live your life with the joy, passion, and happiness that you desire. Now, here's your host, Create the Life You Love Empowerment Life Coach, Moira Sutton. Welcome to Episode
1: 14 quantum shifts in business and in life, with our special guest, business growth and empowerment expert, Debra Bringelson. Debra is a non-conformist empowerment expert and one of the most profit producing business growth authorities in the world. She is probably best known for her creative ingenuity, tenacity, and leadership while negotiating the Virgin American Deal between Sir Richard Branson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, for which she received the Steel of the Year Award For the deal that never should have happened. She has worked with Fortune 100 and 500, companies, CEOs, US presidents, members of Congress, business titans like Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, David Packard, President Ronald Reagan, and Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, among others. Her clients are empowered to live their own lives of personal and financial freedom, while at the same time experiencing explosive results that skyrocket both personally and financial growth. Using her proven formula, they experience exponential success combined with a clear understanding that life and business are meant to be easy, abundant, joyful, and fun. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce you to our special guest, Deborah Bringleton. Welcome, Deborah.
2: Thank you so much for having me today.
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> we know this is going to be flow and ease between you and I. <laughs> Absolutely. I put out to the universe. It's all there. So let's just dive in, Deborah. I want to start with this story, how you attracted and negotiated with this American, you know, virgin American deal between Sir Richard Branson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the deal that never should have happened. So how did it happen? Uh,
2: well, <laughs> so...
1: Uh, Sir Richard was looking for a place
2: to have his headquarters for his new American Virgin American airline. And I was asked by the state of California to make sure that it came to the Bay area, to San Francisco airport. And we were competing against, Um, six other areas in the country what I didn't know when I was asked first of all they said this will take about a month before he makes a decision it actually took him nine months Mm. and um, what I didn't know at the time is that he had already decided that he would not locate in California for a huge list of reasons that we don't have time to go into today and Um, but I found this out after the deal had closed that the only reason he was toying with California was because he wanted to get the best deal he could get from the other areas. And I said, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing and I'd never done anything like this before. And they asked me, would you do this? And I said, sure. (laughs) And, and so I jumped in and we went through this, you know, as I said, nine month process and all along the way, I kept picking up the little magical gifts that the universe was giving me like you know I wanted to host a party. I had no budget by the way, literally a zero dollar oh. budget. and we were getting toward the end and I wanted to host a party for him and and I, I didn't have a place I didn't have a budget and I had seven days to pull it all together and um, five days before it happened, Somebody called me on the phone and said, I hear you want to host a a party for the top uh, Fortune 100 and 500 CEOs in the Bay Area and Richard Branson, and you're looking for a place to do it. And I said, yes, I am. Well, you can have it at my home, which turned out to be a palatial estate. It was magnificent. And I said, well, I don't have a budget for food or anything like that. I will have it catered. Um, Well, that's really great, but... I know who the Fortune 100 and 500 CEOs are, but I have no way to contact them. It's five days away. And these aren't the kind of people who, you know, have their emails or anything out on the internet. And this person said, oh, well, I know someone who has all of that. It all just sort of magically came together because I was able to kind of toss it to the universe for help. And um, when it all closed, after nine months of working on it, as I said, his team, which I had become friendly with, said, you know, we never planned to come to California. It was all just part of the game.
1: Wow. That's a great story. And you are a major manifester. So I'm (laughs) going to just segue right into that. You know, you're a quantum shift expert or a quantum shift leaper, you know, Tell us, first of all, how you define quantum physics, and we just had a big example of what you created, and how can people start to use this in their lives so they can solve their own problems and create better lives?
2: Well, so I, you know, I started out learning about this about 30 years ago because I wasn't happy with what was happening in my life, and and I really started in the metaphysical world learning from shaman and spiritual teachers, and then over the you know, course of time, I was really finding success in my own life. And then I started using it very quietly and secretly with clients who were achieving, you know, they were, they were growing from like my first turnaround company was $56,000 a year. That was their budget. And when we wrapped up our work together, they had grown to 15 or 13 million. (laughs) But I wasn't telling anyone what I was doing because I was afraid, you know, I was a business person and I was afraid that it would ruin my reputation and they would think I was, you know, kind of crazy. But um, then I started using it more and more and more publicly with my clients. And I got into the quantum physics realm because I thought it would give me more credibility if I was talking about science rather than talking about spirituality. And I didn't want to get, you know, mixed into a a religious discussion. So I kind of melded the two together and I call it practical quantum metaphysics. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit science. It's a little bit metaphysics And it's meant to be practical. So one of the things that I say, and I would I would say to your listeners, is you know, could people say, Oh my gosh, I don't want to learn all that science, you know, it's a lot of math. And I always say, No math required. So, what it is, is it's understanding that the entire universe, everything that you can imagine, is made up of waves of energy and frequency. Your body is vibrating energetically and it's vibrating at a frequency that is specific to you. And there are four points of power, or four four points that create your point of power, which brings into your life what you're experiencing. So I want you to stop me if this isn't
1: making sense, but are you with me so far? Oh, for sure. And I wouldn't even mind an exercise that people can know how to get into this quantum field so no continue it's perfect okay great so when you are let's talk
2: about money okay because that's something that everybody has on their mind right now so when you look around at your world if you see prosperity and wealth that means that you're operating energetically at a frequency that says i deserve money i I'm worthy of money. I'm worthy of this great experience. And if you're looking around and you're going, well, you know, I've got all this debt and my bank account is empty, what you're doing, and there's no judgment here. I'm loving you. If this is your experience and I want you to understand how to shift it. So you're, you are understand that the waves that you're sending out and the frequency that it's going out at is at a frequency of lack. And it there, there are four components to the point of power that make up that lack. Everybody talks about, well, thoughts become things. Okay, well, sure. So your thoughts and your emotions are connected. Those, those are two. And your core beliefs and your feelings are connected. So your thoughts and emotions, you know your thoughts, they run through your head. Most of the time you don't pay attention to them. And then your emotions are attached to them. So so a great example is somebody cuts you off on the freeway. And you start looping in these thoughts. They're, you know, you're angry. And the thoughts have energy. That's your emotions. They're in your head. Head. Okay, then in your body, you've got your core beliefs. And what I know from my personal experience, and from my clients, a lot of times people don't know what their core beliefs are. But if your core belief is in conflict with your thought, your core belief wins every time. Definitely. So let's say, for example, you're sitting around talking to somebody and you're like, yes, I deserve to make $10 million this year and that's in your head. But if in your core, you grew up with lack, if your parents were afraid of not having enough money, and then you embedded that into your body, that will beat out your thoughts every time.
1: Mm -hmm. Like money doesn't grow on trees. (laughs) That was one I heard. Right. Or,
2: or, you know, you're not good enough, or you're not smart enough, or you've got to work really super hard. Yeah. The only people who have money work really hard. Well, that's not true, but that's a lot of, a lot of families have that belief growing up
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and attached to your core beliefs are your feelings. So those are the feelings that are in your body and those feelings radiate out the energy and frequency that your body then pulls back in, in terms of experience so let's, let's do a little experience so you can feel this in your body. Because, you know, your body was meant to give you information. It was designed to give you information. But we've been trained culturally not to listen, to turn it off. You know, we have to go to some sort of religious intermediary for information. No, you don't. Tune into your body. Think of like if you've ever been someplace and, and you felt danger, you know, the hair on the back of your neck or on your arms goes up. That's a tiny little remnant that's left. But you can learn to tune into your body. So let's, let's do that right now. Okay. And we'll, we're just going to do a really quickie to give you a sense. So take a nice breath and exhale. And take one more nice breath. And as you exhale, I want you to drop out of your head and down into your heart region. Get out of your head completely and just focus on, when I say heart, I don't mean the organ. I mean your shoulders, the front of your chest, your back, and that whole heart region. Just drop down into there. And call in feeling the energy of joy and some people need a little extra help so if you're one of those people that's fine imagine with your inner eyes and your body something that you have done or experienced that made you feel just utter joy I always like to remember when my daughter was a baby and I would look at her face Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: I would explode with joy. So just feel that joy in your body. Just feel it. See the images. Feel it flow out of your heart region and into your entire body, the top of your head, the bottom of your feet. And now have it expand outside your body about six feet so that you're completely encapsulated with joy. Your body cannot hold a positive feeling and a negative one at the same time. So anytime you're feeling fearful or stressed Or angry, somebody's upset you, just stop and call in this feeling of joy. It will immediately shift your energy and frequency and what happens is instead of attracting at the energy of anger or whatever negativity, you begin to start shifting your body and attracting at the energy of joy, it's a higher frequency. So before we come out of this and continue our conversation, one of the things that really empowers you energetically is when you send that love and joy to someone else. So I'm gonna encourage you to pick someone who has hurt you, upset you, made you angry, and right now, just send them that deepest, heartfelt expression of joy so that it encapsulates them. And that empowers you and attracts it back to you.
1: So how was that? How did that feel? Could you feel the difference? Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And I really just... It's- sending it out to your whole body and then just sending it outside the room I'm in out into nature to the person or people or circumstances that you have a negative feeling or attachment or energetic tie to and just Mm -hmm. sending them joy and love. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can take work for us because we tell ourselves a lot of stories every day, let it be, we're saying it out loud or we're saying it to ourselves, and to this takes practice for a lot of us.
2: Well, can I fine-tune that for you? Yes. Okay, so one of the things that that I like to teach in my classes is what if it was easy? Mm -hmm. So when you say something, you know, when you say something like, oh, this is going to be really hard or (laughs) we're going to have to work really hard, whatever, you create that. You create that experience for yourself. You speak it into existence. So instead, if you say, what if it was easy? I had a client who had this beautiful, he built this beautiful facility in a very remote area, and he was having difficulty hiring people because he was so remote. And he kept saying, this is so hard because we're so remote. And I said, I want you to start saying, what if this was easy? That was on a Tuesday. By Friday, he had four people to interview.
1: So I'm glad I brought that up, because that's a great example that you shared. And I love real life examples for people to hear that say, Oh, my goodness, that happened for that person, then I could do this.
2: Well, and it's what so I teach classes on business classes and quantum physics classes. And it's one of the things that my students tell me that
1: they get great results from they love it the most. I love that. Well, let's let's again, move into this proprietary formula that you have, and how we said at the beginning that the people that work with you and go through this formula, they experience, you know, exponential success, they reduce their stress, they get a clear understanding that really life and business are meant to be this easy, flow, joyful way of being. So tell Mm -hmm. me a bit about that formula. Okay, so I call it the power of three.
2: And it's it, I started out in the business world. And there, you know, there are, practical things that you can do in the business world with your team, with your sales team, training. So that's one piece of the formula. The second piece of the formula are proven business strategies. How you um, strategically message and communicate with your ideal buyers. Understanding who your ideal buyers are even. Most people, when I ask them, do you understand who your ideal buyers are? They say yes, and the real answer is no. They actually don't. Um, they most CEOs are they've got gotten into business because they love what they do, whatever that is—a widget that they make or a service that they sell. But they haven't developed themselves as a leader and a and in business growth. And so I teach them how to grow their business at a very practical level using these proven tools and strategies. And then the third piece that um, my colleagues in the consulting world like to tease me about, and they call Deborah's secret sauce, is adding in that quantum metaphysics element, understanding that You don't have to work around the clock, you know, that hustle and grind that's so popular right now. If you work less, now I'm not saying, you know, just walk away from your business without any intelligence put into it. But if you work less, if you spend more time in nature, if you have more fun, you can be a lot more successful. Both in your life, reduce your stress. You know, CEOs are massively stressed out. You can reduce your stress, reduce your risk of serious illness like, you know, stroke, heart attack, um, diabetes, and you can also make more money. So, when you, you know, a lot of people in the business world, they do one thing, you know, well, I'm going to help you with sales or I'm going to help you with marketing. And I say those one shot wonders may be temporary fixes, but what you need for both your business and your life is a real foundation. And that's what the power of three is. It weaves it all together. It's multi-layered and it, you know, the big thing is it gets the universe on your side, helping you create that success.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So you're a co-creator with the universe.
2: Absolutely. And And you know, I, you know, whether you call it God or Allah or I tend to call it source, my daughter likes to say the universe, um, when you've got source on your side, there is nothing more powerful than that.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you think with what you just shared, that's why some people really experience maybe massive success in many areas of their life? business, personal, their health, their well-being, and others don't. Do you think that's the secret, being in alignment with source and more or less letting go, letting God, letting the universe, or as you say, whatever the name is for the person?
2: Well, I, I yeah, I think there are several things. I think, you know, one thing is when you ask someone what they want, typically they're really great at telling you what they don't want. Yes. <laughs> and they're resting in the don't want. And so a really big part of what they have to do is shift into not just knowing what they want, which most people don't, but living in it, living in the what you want. Like, so for example, um, when my daughter was applying to college, she only applied to one school. It was a very difficult school to get into in the thinking of the world and one of the things that we talked about was you know go to, when you go to bed at night sleep in your dorm room at that school we had we plastered the house with fun pictures of her on that campus at that school doing those things and that got her in the energy of not i have to get in you know most people can't get in all of that she shifted out of that and she got into the school one shot with amazing scholarships. So mm-hmm.
1: oh, um, scholarships.
2: it's all, it's all living in the energy of what you want. So that's, that's really the first step. And then the other thing is, as we talked about before, it's those core beliefs. You know, so many people, um, one of my clients was having a lot of difficulty growing his business. I mean, it was a, it was a struggle. And I said to him, do you think that a part of what's going on is because of your relationship with your dad and the messages that you've gotten from him? And he said to me, well, what are you talking about? I have a great relationship with my dad. And I said, oh, really? do you remember when you told me about when he said this to you and when you did this and it wasn't as successful as you wanted and the things that he said to you and how he's beaten you down and all of this. And my point of that is most people don't realize what their beliefs are. This wonderful CEO had all of these beliefs about not being, and we his, one of the things his dad said to him is you should go to work for someone. You should never have your own company because you, you, don't have the skills, you're going to fail. And so he had that embedded in his body over a lifetime of growing up, and then even those same messages as an adult. Mo- like this client, most of the CEOs I work with don't recognize what they really believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. So that's, that's a second piece of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Cool. <laughs> I've been working with conscious core transformation as a, a leader and a teacher for 30 years. So, like you said, your beliefs are huge, and you know. And we think I, I just read the other day that I was reading a new book by Greg Braden, and he's so there did studies that our subconscious thoughts are going at a rate of 60,000 to 80,000 times a day. And just think again, our subconscious will rule what you're thinking consciously if you don't dive in there and find out what's happening there, because it will win every time. And we have to align with our highest. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about your big why in your life, your life purpose. And how does someone else discover that? How do you help somebody discover that? Because a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know my purpose. Is it out there? Versus really finding it maybe within. So tell us how you would help somebody who's maybe lost faith, and they have that I'm not enough, or I'm not going to ever have the life I truly desire. How would you help somebody?
2: Well, the first thing I would I would do is I would want to discover what all of those hidden beliefs are. And, you know, I say all of them, but based on my own life experience, you know, I really went into trying to understand what they were. And even Now, you know, about a year ago, I had a huge one come up and I was like, holy smokes, where did that come from? (laughs) Um, So, so it's, it's a layer process. It's like peeling an onion, you know, to to keep getting to it. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, I'd want to discover what are the beliefs that are holding them back and what's under those beliefs. So one of the games that I play with my students is it's called what's under that. Mm-hmm. So, if somebody says, "Well, you know, I want to take a fabulous trip, but I don't have enough money," okay, well, what's under that? Well, my, I have to take care of my family. Well, no, not really. You don't you don't have to sacrifice everything to take care of your family. You could take a nice trip. So, what's under that? Well, I'm. You know, I was growing. Raised with the belief that it's my responsibility to do everything for my family the cooking, the cleaning, the this, and having a job and whatever. Well, is that really true? And what's under that? So we keep going under what's under that. So that's the first place where I would start. And then what happens is it starts to emerge organically what they really want to do. Now, some people, and I would say far too many people, have taken especially people who have jobs, they've taken jobs because they felt like this is what they had to do to make money, or they had to take over the company business because that's what their parents expected or whatever. So they're living someone else's life because they have a belief that they have to live someone else's life because they haven't been empowered to live their own life and make their own choices. So as they start uncovering all of this, what happens for a lot of people is it starts to emerge for them. You know what? I really don't want to have this job. I want to paint or I want to do something else. I have a client who's an artist and she was so focused on, I've got to make money. I've got to make money that she wasn't making money. Mm -hmm. And she took my quantum physics class and she said, I just want to paint to have fun. And she's discovered the art of painting and making a mess. And now she's selling a lot of her artwork because Mm -hmm. she's allowed the joy to come out.
1: I think this also ties into, you know, expectation, you know, with manifesting and creating what we want. You know, talk a bit about that expectation and how that affects um, what we want. Because I know you said something on a material that I read and I loved it. You, for your own business, you expected it to succeed.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I have um, rules for my business. I've written out rules and told my business, this is what you will do. (laughs) You will send me ideal clients. You will have them be the right ones for me and to buy without struggle. So yeah, I am, I have an entire page of, of rules for my business. And what that does is energetically, it tells source, this is what my expectation is. If we're going to co-create together, this is your piece of it. And it also sets up for me what I'm expecting because people tend to be, and I, I, have done this myself people tend to be sloppy about it you know something bad happens or that we perceive as bad happens and we we start without even being aware of what we're doing we start expecting the negative and if you can keep yourself in that mindset and you know I, I do it through meditation I do it through giving my business rules I do it through you know consciously envisioning what I intend to happen either in my day or my week or my month, whatever. I set those expectations and I expect source to deliver it to me. Mm
1: -hmm. And and I think a big part of that also is when you set that, then you let go, get out of your own way and just allow it to show up. It's sort of, I talk to people about asking for what they want. And like you with the onion, I keep saying to them when they come back, what do you want? <laughs> and and they, they don't like it because they realize what they first said. There's always something underneath there. What is the, you know, the, the basis of that. And, but when you're asking, and then my, my second is believe, no trust, and then allow. And that's the biggest one that I find people, you know, when you ask where you expect, then you let go because the universe knows better than you do how to create what it is you want.
2: Well, and also when you don't let go, when you try to micromanage it, you're living in a state of lack or disbelief. And I, I always say to people, it's kind of like being pregnant. You can't be 85% pregnant. You also cannot be 85% in belief. You either believe or you don't. mm mm-hmm. So, you know, you here's a great example. You go into a restaurant and, and you order all of these fabulous things off the menu. And you know, you can be specific. You can specifically say to the waiter, I want my sauce on the side, or yeah, I want this cooked a specific way or whatever. But when you go into a restaurant like that, do you then get up every five minutes and go into the kitchen or call the waiter over and, and go, Well, how are they doing? Are they doing a the sauce right? Mm-hmm. Right? But a lot of people do that with source or the universe, they they don't clearly communicate what they want. And then they keep checking in. Well, are you getting it right? Are you getting it right? And look, not one person on the planet knows more than
1: source. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that um, one thing I state is don't share your biggest dreams with naysayers that could be family members or whatever their beliefs come in and you're giving them like now you're maybe coming back and you're saying, Oh no. And like, you're backing up, trying to support what you believe in, keep your biggest dreams and only share with those people that are in your cheering, you know, audience court. Um, Yeah. I'm going to ask you who has been one of your greatest teachers or a mentor for you through this whole journey of your life and coming into business in your life and, I know that you'll have many, I have many, (laughs) but the first person that comes to mind, maybe somebody you read a lot, someone you've worked with.
2: Um, You know, it's interesting, uh, some of this started for me as a child, Um, and I will say one of the biggest influencers for me is Harriet Tubman. She lived a life that none of us would have wanted to live. And she did it with, and I don't know how how much people know about her, but her integrity, her courage, her, some of the things that she did and was successful at, there is no way that she should have been. So there was definitely an energy of power running through her. Um, Yeah. A lot of my early teachers were, were native American shaman. I'm, part Cherokee so that was something that appealed to me not not necessarily people that anyone would know Um, but those were my really big influencers Mm -hmm. as I started out
1: Hmm. and that's kind of cool you're part Cherokee I love that (laughs) I I'm gonna go again and do this little segue thing I like that word segues that's why I'm using it (laughs) today (laughs) I don't always use it, but today I like it. So there you go. I like the sound of words and that. Back to Greg Braden, who's sitting right beside me because I just got his book, The Wisdom Codes. He talks about how the Hopi Indians, yes. uh, they only experience the present moment in time. And they change their words by making words into adjectives. Life. If you had the word wave, they turn it to the wave as wave They put the I-N-G at the end. And they literally structure their lives in you know, live consciously connected with the living universe. So yes. I I feel this is very cool because you shared with me when we talked originally this new exercise that you created, and I love it. So it's called I Am in Space of Time in No Time. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I think that would be helpful for people.
2: Yeah. So um, several years ago, uh, close to 20 years ago, I was really, really sick and literally I thought I was going to die. And if I, I, I wanted to, it was like, I thought I was going to, and I was like, I, I can't live like this cause I was really sick. And I went into a meditative state and I did sort of a sing song. I'm, We know that time does not exist. It's a human construct that we've agreed to here on earth. So there is no time. Everything is happening right now. Me as a three-year-old is happening right now. You in the 1820s, making that date up, but you're happening right now. That life is happening right now. And so I got myself into this sing song of I'm in a space of time, no time. And that was to tell me that even though I, appear to be in time right now, there is no such thing as frozen time. And so I said to myself, if I could be in a different space in time when I wasn't sick, when I was healthy, how would that be? And could I shift my body to that different time. And so I did that. I, I picked a time of just an arbitrary time when I knew I was completely healthy and I just kept doing that. And I shifted my, my body literally, as crazy as this sounds, literally shifted my body. And with a, ten, a within about 10 minutes, I was a hundred percent. And it stayed and it, Oh yeah, it stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, so after I had my daughter and, you know, I um, was working more than I wanted to be and whatever. I put on a lot of weight and I did the exact same thing with that. I, I finally, after, I don't know, 15 years said, this is enough. And I did the same thing. I shifted a space of time, no time. And I felt this like sonic boom of a wave go through my body. And I didn't know what it was. I'd never experienced that before. And within about five months, without any effort, I, and I have a friend who says, you can't tell this story, Deborah, because people will not believe this. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> um, But I lost 60 pounds with no effort. I didn't change my exercise, eating, nothing, um, lost 60 pounds, and it's been about two years now. That's excellent. So if you, if uh, for anybody who's in my practical quantum physics, Facebook group, I actually posted some before and after pictures.
1: <laughs> That's very, very cool. Very cool. Deborah, what, what is coherence and emotional intelligence? And how can people, you know, implement this into their own lives? And literally, if they're ever in a state of survival, how can they shift into the state of thriving in their life? Mm mm-hmm
2: well coherence for me and i you know i think the the three amigos you talk about greg braden but it, you know it's also greg braden bruce lipton and yes, um, yes, joe dispenza yes. and i love all of them Same here. and one of the things that they talk about coherence that i also say is that it's it's a heart brain coherence so we've been trained in our society to be you know very brain centered I got to figure this out I got to think it through and you know I've got to make all these logical decisions and my personal experience is the more I allow the magic to happen the more I get into the energy of you know if I have to figure it out I'm taking it step by step one two three four and there's no room for the universe or source to come in and And do its thing. And so coherence for me is having your heart and your brain both be involved equally. And sometimes the heart even more, like in that little exercise we just did. So when I'm trying, when I have a conflict with someone, I don't sit around, I used to do this. I don't sit around and think about, okay, how do I fix this? How do I, you know, sue them or speak to them or I don't do any of that. I get in my heart and I radiate love to them until it flows so freely. And and I'm talking about even people that you have serious conflict with when you can flow your love to them and your best energy to them the same way you would to somebody that you love deeply. That level of coherence in your body and connection with them will shift your relationship. I have seen it time after time after time in my life
1: and in my clients' lives. That's that's excellent. And I think today when people will, will work we were going to touch on this with the pandemic and COVID-19 where people, you know, they're, they're, social distancing. It's been a lot of months here. There's job loss, uncertainty, fear, anger, all these emotional feelings going through us and also collectively and individually. So we, to be aware that we can be picking that up and it's not even ours, especially I know for myself as an empath and intuitive, I have to be very aware and do the practices as you said, meditate, walk in nature, take time for my own space to heal and let go and be in that space of love and joy and peace and send that out into the world. So let's hear your wisdom on how to discover why global turmoil, which we're having right now, will usher us into a new golden age starting in 2021 and how can we create that and move into this new energy that I call the new earth and one of higher vibration and unity consciousness, which is what the show—a big part—what the show is about.
2: Well, big question. I, yeah, uh, gee, and we only got thirty <laughs> seconds left. <laughs> um, so I think I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people are making is believing that this is going to happen to everyone collectively, and it's not. You can have what you call the new Earth today. You can have it right now today. Yes. Okay. But there are people, and we have to love them and allow them. There are people who are not ready to move into that higher frequency, higher vibration. They're attached to the old, and we have to allow them to be attached to the old, and we have to love them where they are.
1: And, and I, that- also, I also believe, Deborah, that people, it's sad, people who have died of this virus and gone through those horrible this experience and people who are living leaving the planet people some people not consciously are leaving because they're choosing to leave i believe
2: yes absolutely but why is it more horrible for them to leave because they've gotten a virus than it is for them to leave because they've gotten in a car wreck each soul chooses Yes. Every soul chooses their time and their method.
1: Okay. They
2: may not choose it intellectually as their human self, but their soul self is choosing it. And while it's sad for the per- the people who are left behind, the person who leaves goes off into pure source energy mm-hmm. and leaves behind the body that, is unwell or the circumstances that they don't want to be in. And I, I think one of the things that would make life more joyful for everyone is if we would allow people to have the experience that they and their soul are choosing to have without condemning any of it.
1: I think one of my lessons through my life from very young, like not very young, probably my late 20s is discernment and also learning that for let it be family members or people that you just meet along the way to really allow them to have their own experience. And if they want to learn what I teach, you know, they ask, that's different. But, you know, I don't put my stuff on people, but they, they know what I believe. And then those are the kind of people that are really in my community. Um, But allowing, yes, I hear what you're saying. Well, and I think one of the problems we have is that we as a community, and I mean the
2: whole world, haven't had a good conversation about this. You know, we've been told by religion, you're going to die and you probably are going to go to hell or it's going to be, you know, all of this stuff. And that's just, that's not true. And there's no way to control it. Every single person on the planet is going to die. It's just a change of state from my perspective. You know, my daughter and I have talked about this ever since she was pretty young. You know, I'm a single parent, always have been. And at some point, I know I'm leaving. And we talk about it somewhat irreverently. Like I'll, I'll say, you know, oh, when I die, make sure you know, you know, don't just donate this because this ring is actually, you know, value, or when I die, don't forget to do this, or whatever. We talk about it as though it's a part of life, because it is. And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from, is we're not, as communities, having these kinds of conversations so that we can be more comfortable with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Or you think of nature, you know, like when, like, here we are in the fall here, and it's already changing the weather, which I love the fall, and Mm -hmm. and how the trees change and all the seasons of life and just allow that and explore that, like you're saying, you know, my beliefs always being that we go back to spirit, because I've seen spirit since I was a little girl, too. Mm -hmm. And I know we have many lives, so... Yes, I, I believe we are. We are literally right now pre- preparing the foundation to go into this, and we can have it today, like you said, this new planet Earth, and raising this vibration. And for me, it's all about unity consciousness for the greater good of each other and the planet.
2: Yeah, and I, I think I think too we also have to recognize there are people who are not ready. No, and we have to allow that without you know because it can be it could be so difficult sometimes look i know there's a better way and if you would just understand that life would be better for you and they don't want to and Mm -hmm. that has to be okay
1: i know that even um, i I, i'm a reiki master and a Kruna reiki master and i do long distance healing which i put out during this time for people if they wanted that and one of the parts of doing reiki and healing energy is you ask permission First of all, do you want this healing? And mm-hmm. some people might think that everyone would say yes, but they don't. <laughs> some people don't want that healing. They, they're they wherever they are in their place in their life. So right. we have so much we could cover, Deborah. Um, <laughs> I love talking with you, and I definitely want you back in the new year. And I'd like to ask you, each one of my guests, they share a gift to for our listeners so they can be inspired and empowered today and incorporate something into their life. What would you like to gift today. And also, I want everyone to know all the links to everything Deborah's been talking about all her programs, this gift will be below the episode in the show notes. So Deborah, can you share that with us?
2: Sure. So I wanted to do something that was a combination because I know you have uh, business people. And you know, whether it's the CEO or somebody who works in a business, I wanted to do something that hit on that business angle but I also wanted something for everyone that would help help them at the quantum level so it's actually uh, two pieces one is my uh, blueprint seven transformation blueprint for a hundred percent business growth and when I say blueprint it's not just one page of it looks like a blueprint it actually it's close to 40 pages of each seven, each of the seven steps, what it is in, you know, how to get yourself started in implementing it. So it's, it's a little more comprehensive than just what you would normally think of a blueprint. The second thing is, so I, I do these guided processes where I take my clients and students into the quantum field for specific purposes, um, you know, whatever it is that we're teaching in at the moment. And I created one for a client who had gone 12 months without making a dime. She'd not made any money for an entire year. And we needed to reset her frequency to clear away her core beliefs. Um, So I've included that as well. So it's a download and um, everybody, you can put it on your phone or your iPad pod or whatever and listen to it I recommend listening to it more than once you know a lot of these things it took you however old you are it took you that long to get you where you are in the in your limiting beliefs and I'm not saying it's going to take an equal amount of time but you know I recommend doing it
1: more than once for sure that is excellent. A lot of people are going to have a lot of benefit from that. So thank you very much. Deborah. thank you for sharing from your heart and soul, your wisdom today on how each one of us can make quantum shifts in our business and in our life and live our best life on our terms. Namaste, Deborah. Thank you
2: so much for having me. I, it's been wonderful and it flew by. It did fly
1: by. <laughs> and we'll, we'll have you back in 2021. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. You will be part of a global movement connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.